You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Davis here today for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Go download Spotify Green Room today at the iOS store. You can download it. You can join the fun. Have some conversations with fans, your favorite podcasters, athletes, and more. Download Spotify Green Room today. On today's show, we'll discuss the Nationals getting swept by the Philadelphia Phillies this week. Uh, we discussed the first game of the series, so we'll discuss the last three games of the series today, a clean sweep for the Phillies in D.C., not without some fun, uh, but the Nets, man, they might be really bad the rest of the year. I did not, uh, I don't think I expected this this much to be coming. Uh, this was a full-on, you know what, show, so we'll discuss that and more as we wrap up the week. All right, so here we go. The Nationals get swept by the Philadelphia Phillies. Their record drops to 49 and 60. I set a goal for them when maybe to be maintaining 500 record at home. They're now below 500. Uh, 49 and 60 overall, 29 and 30 at home. Funny enough, their record, their, their kind of distance to the front of the pack has not really dropped that much since they made the trades. Um, There's still seven and a half games back because the Mets just went to Miami and lost three of four. So the Mets are in first place at 56 and 52. The Philadelphia Phillies are a half game back at 56 and 53. They play the Mets in a three-game series this weekend at Citizens Bank Park. The Braves are 55 and 54. Uh, they're a game and a half back. And the Nationals, as I mentioned, 49 and 67 and a half back. The Marlins, 47 and 62. They are 9 and a half games back right now. So, you know, that Nationals losing streak goes to four, but really they don't make they don't lose that much ground. I know there's there are some people out there who are saying what could have been if the Nationals really went and went for it. Don't do that to yourselves. Uh, there's really no point. But the Nats lost a bunch of close games this weekend. Uh, the first game we had not talked about, they lose 5-4. It's this game number two of the series. They lose 5-4 in a game where... Patrick Corbin went up against Zach Wheeler. Corbin looked pretty strong for the most part. And then in the seventh inning, the wheels come off the wagon. And I've said this several times. I think Patrick Corbin's had a bunch of starts where he's thrown like four innings and looked fine. And then they go to the seventh and things start not to get fine. And this is something that I've noticed across the board. The Nationals kind of leaving their starters in for a long time now because they don't really trust their bullpen, Right. I mean, back there now, they've got Kyle Finnegan, Javi Guerra, Ryan Harper, Klobisitz. Mason Thompson started looking like a guy that you can probably trust. But, yeah, they've got a lot of guys, you know, that they just can't trust in that bullpen. And then Corbin gives up one run and gets that seventh inning. And then things go a little bit, uh, they go a little haywire for him in the seventh. At that point, it's just a 1-0 game. But JT Muto homers, uh, they make it 2-0. And then Ronald Torres homers. That makes it 4 nothing In the bottom of the seventh inning, the Nationals came back, grabbed two runs, but Bryce Harper goes deep in the top of the ninth to make it 5-2. Josh Bell brings it within one, uh, makes it 5-4 with a two-run home run in the bottom of the eighth. The Nationals fall just short and lose this one 5-4. And 
Look, you're seeing some development from a couple guys. Adrian Sanchez isn't a guy we're talking about development with. He's just guys, you know, he's there. Um, you know, an older guy. But Yadiel Hernandez goes two for three in this game with a walk. He's been red hot as of late. Carter Keboom seems to be getting better at the play. Gerardo Parra comes in off the bench and drives in a run. So it's good to see these guys all get some work in these games. Nationals lose the next game nine to five to the Phillies. And this one, uh, Paulo Espino's worst game starting, it feels like, was this game. He goes five innings. Surrenders six runs. Nats were able to grab the lead in this game, but they immediately ended up giving it back. They go up 3-0, but uh, Paulo Espino runs into some trouble in the fourth inning. But they got a Victor Robles home run. And they got a uh, Luis Garcia home run and a Carter Keboom home run. All three of those things are positive things we love to see. But in the top of the third, the Phillies answer back. Uh, Jankowski doubles, Segura doubles, Harper singles, and Hoskins doubles. Makes it 4-3. Reese Hoskins, a two-run home run in the top of the fifth, makes it 6-3. And then Didi Gregorius goes deep in the top of the seventh, making it 8-3. But Luis Garcia would homer again. And also Carter Akeboom drove in a run later in the game. So those are the things that we want to focus on. It appears that Victor Robles, to some extent, he's raised the batting average the last couple of days, and Carter Akeboom and Luis Garcia are beginning to become a bit more comfortable at the plate. Now they've got some more reps under them. I know, once again, it's such a limited sample size, and the numbers really aren't that good, but still, positivity is positivity. We'll take it wherever we can get it right now. Uh, so, Paulo Espino, Jeffrey Rodriguez are the ones who combine in this game to give up the uh, the eight earned runs that ended up coming across uh, during this game. Javi Guerra ends up giving the last run. It was unearned for him. Three errors for the Nationals. That's something else the Nats have to clean up. They really do need to focus on defense, especially with so many young guys in there right now. Defense is something they really need to, to focus as an emphasis because we saw last year um, Luis Garcia come up and how raw he was, right? We saw, uh, we've seen a lot of Carter Keboom too, and just not looking 110% comfortable out there. This is a great time for them to refine that defense and work on that as they move forward because these games, while meaningful, they're still Major League Baseball games. These are the times when you get the reps to build yourself up for next season when the games are a bit more meaningful, when you maybe hope to contend once again and be in a chase for some kind of playoff spot. This is where really you put in the work every single day and the workouts for the games, taking grounders, batting practice, all that stuff. This is where you build yourself because these are invaluable reps. See, these are not spring training reps. These are major league game reps, and this is a great opportunity for all those guys to grow themselves as players and also as a team. That's where some of that chemistry on defense does come in to play. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll discuss the last game of this series, a heartbreaker. Nationals should have won this one, but we're not able to do it. We'll talk about that in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. Go to BuiltBar.com today. They've got coconut, cherry bar, chia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Those are all the flavors available today at BuiltBar.com. They've got 17 to 18 grams of protein. The calories range from 130 to 180. There's only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams 
of net carbs. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that neat? So go to Built.com today. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so one more game to talk about here. It is the Phillies 7 the Nationals six. This was an actual, it's really fun baseball game to watch yesterday, four o'clock game, because both teams uh, are, are having to, tr- to travel to new respective locations. The Nats are going to Atlanta, and the Phillies are going back home to host the Mets. So those two series coming up this weekend. But seven to six game, Phillies win. Aaron Nola versus Joe Ross. I thought Joe Ross gave the Nationals seven strong innings, uh, or six, well, <clears throat> excuse me, six and a third strong innings of work. You know, I mentioned it earlier in the show. It does seem that they they might be trying to extend their starters a bit longer than maybe they should. That's because of their fundamental distrust of the bullpen. And look, it's good to try to extend guys like Joe Ross. Joe Ross has had a noted struggle. When it comes to uh, second and third time through the order. So seeing him, you know, give up two early runs and settle in and give up the late run. But I thought that was good to see in this game. The Phillies got on the board uh, early on. Ronald Torres drove in a run. And Bryce Harper just seems to kill the Nationals. Not just as seem to. He kills the Nationals. Um, hits it with one 427 feet to make it 2-0. But Carter Keyboom drove in Juan Soto later on in the fourth inning, and then Trace Barrera ends up driving in a run too. Seeing those two guys, the young guns, drive in runs is something that gives you a lot of hope. You love to see those younger guys developing, coming along, having big moments such as this. This will build their confidence as they move forward. This is stuff that we love to see. Once again, noting things we love to see. Number one, keeping the line moving. Number two, these guys, the other guys, the other Nationals coming in clutch. Now, as much as we love Josh Bell, three-run home runs in the uh, you know in the fifth inning, we know Josh can do that. Multi-home run games from guys like Luis Garcia, which we saw the previous game, the previous couple games, is something that, that, we, that is more important in my opinion right now. We know what jo- guys like Josh Bell are. They are known quantities, the unknown quantities. Those are the guys that we want to see perform very well. Odubel Herrera at the top of the seventh makes it five to three with a single. Top of the ninth, you think you're good. Kyle Finnegan comes into the game, but the Nationals struggle. He struggles, and then they end up giving up um, the the tying run. Uh, Real Muto doubles to center and makes it five all. And then Reese Hoskins doubles to left. That scores two. It's seven to five. They did make a comeback. The Nationals did a bunch of. Uh, they're able to, to get a couple things to go their way. Josh Bell reached on an infield single uh, and also a throwing error by Didi Gregorius, which allowed Juan Soto to score and put them in that position. But the other guys were not able to help them cash in. So the Nationals end up falling 7-6. to six. And they've got to play cleaner, but and they've got to be more consistent. But I thought there were a lot of positive things that happened in this game. I thought Joe Ross's start was strong. Positive. I thought they were good. 4 for 13 with runners in scoring position. I thought that was okay for a team that usually is not that great in these situations. Seeing guys like Garcia and Barrera, or excuse me, Garcia um, and uh, Keyboom come through in those spots, in addition to guys like Josh Bell, 
that was important in my opinion. So having having those guys show up and guys like Josh Bell, a three for five day for Josh, getting that average two fifty one uh, now and being very effective in a variety of ways. You know, I talked a good amount about how I think Juan Soto is really going to not struggle now, but it's going to be more challenging because of the way that, that teams can pitch to him with the other guys they now have in the lineup. Josh Bell coming along is one of those things that will make teams think twice. Obviously, they're always going to put one on, but Josh Bell behind them makes them think. The problem is they stack Yadiel Hernandez after that, so you're not really terrified. And not, no offense to Yadiel, who's been great this year. Teams are always going to take their chances with the guys behind Soto, and that's the thing is that when Trey and Kyle Schwarber were in front, um, there were usually guys on the base path, so you couldn't just put one on, right? If it was second and third, or the guy on second, you know, and there's only one out or no outs, whatever it is, you know, whatever the situation would be, you're not just going to put one on all the time because Josh Bell is hitting hot as well. You know, you might just say, all right, Josh Bell might be hitting well, but we've got Yadiel and Carter Keyboom and Trace Barrera behind him. So we can get through Josh Bell, which isn't the hardest thing in the world, will be in great shape. And so that's how the Nationals lineup has now changed. And that's why you're going to see Juan Soto get walked a lot more. It's just a whole lot easier to deal with the guys behind Juan than deal with Juan. And that's why him this year, you're hitting 298, a down year, I guess you could say, by his uh, standards, but a 427 on base. Juan goes two for three in this game with two walks to boot. So that's the kind of games we're going to start seeing from Juan. You know, one for three, one for two, two or three walks happening. Uh, this guy's going to find his way on base a whole lot, but it might not feel like he's providing that offense. He did hit a ball off the wall, which we saw in that ninth inning. You know, smoked it was almost a home run, and that's what he can give you. But there's a lot of other situations where one is going to find his way on the base pass. Man, if the bases are empty, um, you know, not saying you just intentionally walk one in most situations, but you can be careful and you can afford to put him on base in a lot of different spots. So once again, how teams handle Juan Soto is something I'm going to be tracking the rest of the year. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about Max Scherzer, who made his debut for the Dodgers. I know it might hurt for a lot of us, but I think a little therapy session might be good for everybody involved here. But first, one more word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the best place that you can get all your sports action needs. Uh, Sign-up bonuses, scores, odds, all of those things are available at BetOnline.ag. You can go there today, and when you go there, you can sign up, which is free. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. Once again, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On, and you will receive a 50% deposit bonus. If you deposit 100 bucks, you get an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag. BetOnline, they're your online sportsbook experts. All right, so one guy that I know we all miss so much is Max Scherzer, and Max was able to make his debut for the Dodgers the other night. I'm not sure about you all. It was it was really bizarre to see him in Dodger Blue. It was really bizarre not, you know, to see him in Dodger Stadium, not donning the red, white, and navy blue of the Washington Nationals. Kind of an odd experience all along, but Max did what Max does. 109 pitches, five hits, two runs, both earned, 
10 Ks and one walk. Um, the Dodgers ended up winning the game seven to five over the Houston Astros. I, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I found myself rooting for Max Scherzer. I think it's hard not to. This guy emptied the tank. This guy gave the Nationals everything he had, every single start. And for him to be in this spot, you know, I know it's a team the Dodgers, the Nationals have some history with in the playoffs and not a team that myself or many other Nationals fans uh, usually root for, right? I think the Dodgers, unless you're a Dodgers fan or a team, it's normally pretty hard to cheer for. But I found myself, against the Astros especially, I found myself cheering very hard for Max and the Dodgers in this spot, and I didn't feel any regret about it afterwards. And I'm sure once we see Trey Turner back out there too in Dodger blue, it's going to feel double weird, right? The, you know, especially odd to see both those guys out there for another team. But yeah, I mean, the weirdness might not go away for a little while. I just think that, you know, if you support these guys and know what they give the Nationals franchise, maybe you don't support the Dodgers overall, but every, every time those guys in the field make good play, I think the inner fist bump has to come out, right? You know, all of us internally are fist bumping. I'm not sure all of us can be out here, you know, yelling, cheering loudly for those guys. But, um, you know, those guys deserve our backing, I think, for what they've given. People who just watched the team over the last few years while they've been there, especially Max, what they've given. And it was odd being at Nats Park last week, um, you know, in left field. There's, there's parts of Max in all parts of the ballpark. Just kind of say it simply. In center field, um, there is, you know, his his poster, tall poster, is still up there. In right field, the eye, I think it's right center or right, I forget. The eyes of Max, the one, you know, the the different colored eyes are still there. And it's hard. You know, it's almost like you don't want those things to go. I know he's not on the team anymore, but I would almost leave them there because it's such a part of the story of this era of Nationals baseball. Now, we're moving on to a new era of Nationals baseball, and it is time for those things to go at some point. But right now, I'm not sure those things have to come down immediately. And you guys can correct me out there. I know a lot of you will if I'm wrong. If this stuff is, you know, at some point in time, it's going to come down on TV. It's tough to tell. And I'm not sure I'm going to be back at Nats Park this year to see any more games. I'd love to be. I'd love to make sure I go catch a couple more before the season's over. But y'all can correct me if I'm wrong, if they're down by now. I, I You know, I get that. It was just this weekend was trading deadline. So, We'll see if they're still up after the road trip happens. Um, but seeing those things in Nats Park kind of makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Uh, and seeing those guys out there in spots where they get to go compete also kind of gives you a feeling of, you know, come on, boys. Uh, you know, come on, lads. Go do it for us. Uh, you can do it for yourselves. Do it for us in a little bit of way. Oh, wait, too. Max, once again, this was a quintessential Max start. Um, tough moments don't seem to der- derail him. He had a couple of them, but... You know, has the early home run and comes back and bounces back just like Max always does. They're going to love him in Los Angeles for the fire of the spirit that he brings. Um, and I know that we're going to miss him a lot on this team uh, and getting to watch him pitch every fifth day. All right, what is coming up next for the Nationals? Well, as I mentioned, they have a series with the Atlanta Braves coming up this weekend. And here is how things set up. We're used to the 7.05, 7.10 start times. We don't have those. 7.20 start time tonight. Eastern Daylight Time, as our friend Suzanne pointed out to me a while ago. Uh, it is going to be Kyle Muller going for the Atlanta Braves up against Eric 
Fetty. Now, Kyle Mellor has been really strong for them this year. Another one of those young pitchers they have, just 23 years old, against Eric Fetty, who had a solid start his last time out against the Phillies. I know it wasn't his uh, his best game that he had pitched, but still a solid start for Eric Fetty. Six innings, only three runs allowed, eight Ks, and seen the strikeout numbers Excuse me, against Chicago um, last time out, and they got the win with the Adiel Hernandez walk-off. I should have known that. I, I was there uh, during his last start. And then it's going to be uh, Josiah Gray making his second start on Saturday night, 7-20, against Charlie Morton. Patrick Corbin on Sunday going up against Max Freed. And so you're seeing now that these teams, uh, the Braves too, starting to get a bit more healthy, starting to get those rotations back into gear. So you're facing Muller, Morton, and Freed. That's a pretty solid trio this weekend for the Braves going as the Nats counter with Fetty, Gray, and Corbin. 720, 7-20, 1-20, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those are your three start times. All right, we're going to do a mailbag next week. I'll put something out on Twitter, but if you guys want to message me early, get your questions in, you can do that because obviously as things now begin to calm down, the remnants of the trade deadline are over and we kind of look forward towards the rest of the season as we think about what's coming up next. We'd love to have your questions at Josh Neighbors underscore on Twitter, at LO underscore Nationals for the show as well. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.